You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Uh, This morning, I took just a few moments, and I encourage you to do it as well, but I have a list of all the names of the members at Heritage, and uh, I took just a few moments to look through that list, and then I began to think of even those who aren't members here, but have been visiting our church regularly, and maybe they just start with Sunday morning, and then we pray that they start coming Sunday morning and Sunday school, and then maybe Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then eventually Wednesday night as well. That's how it started with my mom, and uh, my dad just staying at home observing and wondering where she was going all the time. Yeah, come on in, Ian. Go ahead and distract from everybody. And... (laughs) Uh, but she started going Sunday morning and then Sunday school and then Sunday night. You're just, you're just batting a thousand, aren't you? And then started going Wednesday night. And uh, my dad just never went along. Uh, but one day he went and he never stopped going. So I started thinking of those people as well. And in all of those names, every single one of those names in each family unit that I could think of, I did not find one family unit that wasn't at this moment carrying a burden. As I saw your name or I saw the name of your family, I could think specifically in each family of a burden that I know that you are carrying. Not because I'm eavesdropping on your conversations, but either you've shared it with me or you've shared it with the church. Life brings burdens. Nobody lives this life without burdens. Uh, Some seem to think that money would take away burdens. Uh, Those who have money will tell you that is not true. Some seem to think that fame would take away burdens or that uh, recreation or possessions would take away burdens. Uh, You know, if we just had more of those things, then all of our burdens would just go away. Read Psalm 73 where Asaph is talking about people in this world who have more than heart could wish, he says. But in a moment, they're brought to desolation. The very things that they thought in their life would relieve their burden became their burden and crushed them. Every single person has burdens. These burdens that we bear aren't physical packs on our back, and I'm glad that that is the case. I'm glad we don't have to bear things physically that would match the spiritual burden that we are bearing. Uh, They're not visible to the eye. They're not perceptible to the touch. But they are inner burdens of our very heart, soul, and mind. There's medicine for all kinds of ailments today. If you have a headache, take ibuprofen. Some of you take stronger medication than that. But if you have a headache, take ibuprofen. If you have a toothache, take Tylenol or or a gel or something. If you have a backache, there's painkillers for that, or there's icy hot. But what about heartache? What about inner pain? What about burdens of the soul? See, physical remedies treat physical ailments, but you cannot take physical things of this world and apply them to spiritual burdens. Physical things of this world will never carry spiritual burdens of the heart and never work. Now, people use physical things all the time to distract from spiritual burdens. 
The world is very good at distracting us from our spiritual burdens. I know plenty of people who are spiritually burdened down that turn to the bottle to distract them. And the bottle distracts, but it doesn't last long. The morning always comes. People use immorality. People use hobbies. People use drugs. People use a lot of things to mask or distract from physical burdens. The world is great at that, but the world has never helped to bear even one burden. That's something that only Jesus can do. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now it says nowhere, do you notice that? It says nowhere in that verse that he will take your burden. He doesn't say, come unto me and I'll take your burden. The only taking that happens in that verse is us taking from him, not him taking from us. He never says, come unto me and I'll take your burden. He says, you come unto me and you take my yoke. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus doesn't remove our burdens, but he does make them bearable. He does help them feel lighter. He does bring peace even in the burdens. I wish he did take away our burden every time. There's a, I remember one time at True Green going out and looking in the different, different trees and shrubs, and I know you don't care about that, but one time I was looking at it and trying to figure out what this certain tree needed, and I, I've told the story before, and I came up, and there's two eyes looking at me about a foot away, and it was a, it was a moth. It's a certain type of moth. I think just the layman's term for it is a king moth or something like that. Don't quote me on that but just enormous wings. In comparison to its body, its wingspan is, is just enormous. Uh, if I have, oh, these are my favorite pens right here. I've been using these pens. Its body was, I would say, the size of the tip of my pinky here, and its wingspan was as wide as this pen. It struggles to get out of its cocoon. If the mother or if something were to take that cocoon away from that moth, Yes, it would be out, but it would not be strong enough to fly. It would not be strong enough to lift its wings and fly. And a lot of times we feel like we're struggling. We feel like we're underneath a burden. We just wish that the Lord would take it away. But he knows if he took it away, you wouldn't be strong enough to meet what is coming up next. He does help them feel lighter. He does bring peace under the burden. He does help relieve the pain that comes with the burden. He does this in many ways, sometimes just reading your Bible. Peace can come over you, sometimes in prayer. You need to take time, church. You need to take time to get alone and pray. Tell the kids, mommy and daddy are going out for a little bit, and we're just going to walk. Obviously, if they're of age, do that. But we're going to walk around the block, and we're going to pray together. You're one. Pray together. Share your burdens with one another. Get alone with the Lord and pray. So many burdens are relieved in an hour of prayer. In the darkest of storms, he can make his presence known and we can know that all will be well. But one of the ways that Jesus helps us to bear our burdens is by giving us each other. How many of us over this past year and a half have seen how much we need one another? I couldn't have gotten through this year and a half without my church family. I love my family very much. My family and I are very close. 
but I love my church family. I love my brothers and sisters, and I need you all so very much. When it comes down to it, Christ is all I need. Christ is all you need, and he needs to be enough. He must be enough, and we must be thankful that whenever Christ is all we have, that he is all we need, and there are times he brings us to the point where each other we can't help, but at least we can pray, and we can remind people that Jesus is there. But I have noticed something. Many times Jesus helps Christians bear their burdens by surrounding them with brethren who love one another in the way that Christ taught them to love. All throughout scripture, God put people together. Did you notice that? All throughout scripture, God puts people together to make sure that they don't have to bear their burdens alone. Seven times in Genesis chapter one, it is good. And at the very end, the seventh time, it is very good. When he saw man alone, it is not good. That man should be alone. God, from the beginning of time, even even in our perfect state, knew that man was helpless alone. When Jesus sent forth the 70, he sent them out two by two. Moses was a great leader, but even he needed Aaron and Hur. David, although a man after God's own heart, was often encouraged by Jonathan. The case could be made that one of the greatest, if not the greatest prophets in the Bible was Elijah. And yet even he was a man subject to like passions as we are, the Bible said, and he needed Elisha in order to see him through. Paul, the great apostle, he was sustained under his burdens by Luke, Titus, Timothy, Barnabas, Silas, Priscilla and Aquila, Onesephorus, and John Mark, to name but a few. Every heart is pressed in some way. Every mind is stressed in some way. Are we not all a little off the balance, Charles Spurgeon asked at one point. Certainly. Every soul is carrying something. And that is why Galatians 6.2 is not a suggestion. Galatians 6.2 doesn't contain a suggestion by God. It doesn't contain a hope of God. It contains a commandment from God, bear ye one another's burdens. That's what I'm preaching on tonight. Bear ye one another's burdens. I wish for us tonight to think about what happens when we fail to bear one another's burdens. Three points and then let's go home. First of all, not to bear one another's burdens is to be disobedient to God's greatest commandment. Not to bear one another's burdens is, dis- is disobedience to God's greatest commandment. What is God's greatest commandment? Mark 12, 30 and 31. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. He doesn't stop there. And the second is like. The second is like. Namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And I find this a very interesting sentence. Excuse me. There is none other commandment singular greater than these, plural. Those command, that commandment, it can, you can't even refer to it as commandments. Because you cannot love God without loving others. And when you love others, you will certainly Love your brothers. 
1 John 4.20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? John was very practical. I appreciate his writing under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. When we love God, we will love others. When we love others, we will certainly love our brothers. And when we love our brothers, we will bear one another's burdens. 1 John 3, 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? When you see a brother in need, and you know you can help, but you don't, simple question, how can the... How can the love of God dwell in you when you don't help a brother? Turn with me to John 15. Keep our place in Galatians 6, but turn with me to John 15. God says, finish it with me, church. If ye love me, keep my commandments. John chapter 15, verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that, your, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, read it with me, that ye love one another as I have loved you. While talking to 11 Jewish men, 11 Jewish men who grew up following the Mosaic law, Jesus says, this is my law. This is my commandment. He wasn't undoing Moses's. He was completing it. This is my commandment. Love one another. Fast forward to Galatians 6. You could go ahead and turn back there. Fast forward to Galatians 6. Paul is writing to a group of churches who are saved, but are being told you also have to follow the Mosaic law. You have to follow the Mosaic law in order to be a, a follower of Jesus. And Paul says to those people, why don't you just fulfill the law of Christ? Why don't you fulfill the law that Christ gave to you? What is the law that Christ gave to us? Love one another. And the only way we can love one another the way that we're supposed to is if we love God the way that we're supposed to. When we love bearing one another's burdens. What keeps us from following many of God's commandments? Pride. To fail to bear one another's burdens is disobedience. Second of all, it's prideful. Let me show it to you. Look in verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. There's a lot in these two verses. Let's take it one step at a time. The first word, for, that is a continuation of thought from verse 2. A similar word in the English language is because. We should bear one another's burdens, first of all, because it's the law of Christ. But also, for, or because, if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. If a man, who is that man referring to? Is that man referring to the one who needs help bearing the burden? Or is that referring to the one who can help bearing the burden? Both. Both the man who needs help and the man who can help 
Both of them can allow pride to keep burdens from being born. Does verse 2 say, bear ye others' burdens? Or bear ye one another's burdens? In order to bear one another's burdens, there not only needs to be somebody who is willing to bear the burden, there has to be someone who is willing to share the burden. And pride can keep either of those from happening. Imagine, on one end, I'm the one bearing the burden, okay? Okay, and let's imagine that these were actually heavy. Now, heavy is a matter of opinion, but imagine if these were actually heavy. Now, the Christian life isn't just sitting in one spot. I could sit here for a long time and hold. No, the Christian life is a race. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm supposed to run with this. First of all, I can't really see, okay? But in order to, I mean, just keeping it here, in order, oh, man. Okay. So, all right. Now, you can't do that with spiritual burdens, but I wish it was that easy. I'm obviously struggling with those, okay? Obviously struggling with those. How prideful would it be for somebody to come up to me and say, can I help you with that? No, I'm fine. I don't need your help. That would be pretty prideful. Ethan, come here. Hold. Now, if he's the one, if he's the one who needs help, obviously he needs help. He needed help before the boxes, but he definitely needs help now. It would be prideful of him, extremely prideful of him, for a brother to come up and say, I see you're struggling. Could I, could I help you with that? No, I'm fine. Mind your business. But how prideful would it be of me to look at him and say, man, what a, what a mess. I'm glad I, I don't have to deal with that. Look at the problems that he got himself into. How prideful would it be of me to look at him and instead of wanting to help him bear his burdens, instead, just start, basically, as the, oh, as the Bible says it, thank you, you may be seated, thinking myself to be something because I see somebody else struggling under the weight of burdens that I am not struggling with. In either of those cases, if somebody's going to say, no, I don't need help, brethren, if, when a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. No, I obviously needed help. You obviously needed help. But when we come back, no, I don't need any help. I'll get through it on my own. You're thinking yourself to be something when we're nothing. And we're deceiving ourselves. But then for me to look from the outside in and say, you know, I wouldn't let those things hinder me. In fact, I deal with much more than that. And you might, you might very well deal with things that are much heavier than what he was bearing. And we look and say, I wouldn't let those things hinder me. I wouldn't let those things keep me from running my race. I'm glad I'm not in that mess. We're like, that, we're like the Pharisee who said, Lord, I thank thee that I'm not like that publican. 
Brethren, if a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. And that's why chapter 1 begins by saying, if a man be overtaken in a fault, in offense, if a brother stumbles beneath the weight of his burden, and he sins because of it, it's a sin. There's no justifying that. It's a sin. If a man stumbles underneath the weight of his burden, that's not the time to push that brother down. Young man, don't do that. Don't distract. That's not a time to push them down. That's a time to bring them back up. Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We have no idea what we would do if we were carrying the burden that that young man was carrying. In fact, if we were honest, it's very possible we would have handled it even worse than he did. Instead of looking at how others are bearing their burdens and thinking to ourselves that we're something, verse 4 says, let every man prove or examine or test his own work. Now think about that. Think of the two words that the Lord uses. First of all, it's talking about a burden. That's what we carry. What's work? That's what we do while we're carrying. So instead of looking at everybody else's burdens, what they're carrying, look at what you're doing. It's easy to look at how somebody else is living and start thinking pretty highly of ourselves because we can always find somebody who's been overtaken, can't we? We can always find somebody who's weaker than we are and through comparison, start believing that we're stronger than we are. But what happens when we prove our own work, not by comparing it to somebody else's work, but by comparing it to God's word. That is the only way to truly prove our work. Some of you don't know this, many of you don't know this, but I got into a little bit of a painting tangent. You know the Bob Ross painting guy with the big hair and the happy little bushes and stuff like that? I wanted to try that. And so I went and I got a set and everything, and the first day that I tried it, it was terrible. And I kept on doing it, and I kept on doing it, and I remember a day where McKenna said, I want to do it with you. Okay, fine. And we got her a little, you know, little canvas, and she had her little watercolors, and I had my Bob Ross paint kit. I had my wig on and everything. <laughs> and you follow along step by step, you know, with the liquid white and the alizarin crimson and all that stuff and the happy little bushes and the trees and everyone needs a friend and stuff like that, okay? So I compared mine to Mr. Ross and thought, man, that doesn't look very good at all. But then how foolish would it be of me to look at McKenna's and think, well, I mean, compared to hers, I'm doing really, really well. Okay, well, yeah, you could always do that. We can always look at our work and find somebody and say, well, at least my, my life doesn't look as bad as that. At least I don't care that, carry that many burdens. Because let's be honest, many of the burdens we carry are from sin in our life. Many of the messes we find ourselves in are messes that we've jumped into because of sin and pride and arrogance and ignoring God's word. Not everyone, but many of them. But verse 4 says, it's not about our work being compared to somebody else's. If, if we look at somebody else carrying burdens that we've never carried, and we start thinking ourselves to be something, that's nothing to rejoice about. 
Verse 4 says, if a man's work matches the Bible, then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. You see what he's saying there. Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians 1 that he was able to rejoice because his life matched the Bible, not because his life was better by comparison to somebody else's. Now, let's say that we were to examine our work. Let's say that we were to prove our work according to the Bible and find that it matches. Let's say we were to do that and it matches. We are still commanded to bear one another's burdens. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, push them down. No. Ye which are spiritual, start thinking yourself to be something. No. Restore such an one in a spirit of meekness. You know what meekness is? Meekness is strength under control. You cannot have meekness unless you're coming from a position of strength, which tells me that we would be able to go up to that person and say, I have not done what you have done. But instead, we restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering ourself. Because if we can be called spiritual, if that phrase, ye which are spiritual, if that can apply to us, why is that the case? If our work does match the Bible, why is that the case? Is it because we're something, or is it because of the grace of God? Were it not for the grace of God, we would all be overtake, uh, overtaken. Only the grace of God teaches us to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. But many times, let's be honest, many times, let's be humble, many times when we compare what we're doing in this life to the standards that God has set in his word, it doesn't match at all. We fall so short. Look at how often we fail to do what we are supposed to do. And yet we're thinking ourselves to be something just because another brother has fallen underneath the weight of a burden that we have never borne? That has nothing to do with us. If we have not borne those burdens, if we have not found ourselves in that position, if we have not fallen or been overtaken by an offense or by sin, that has nothing to do with us. That has everything to do with the grace of God. Drive by the drunk in the, in the gutter in downtown Corpus Christi. It is by the grace of God that you are not in his position. It takes humility on both ends. First, for one to admit, I, I can't bear these alone. I can't do it. I need help. But also for the other to admit, brother, nobody can. Nobody can bear those. But God's grace is sufficient. Not one of us would be who we are without God's grace. I am not the man I should be. John Newton said this, the author of Amazing Grace, I am not the man I should be. I am not the man I hope to be. But by the grace of God, I am not the man I used to be. It takes humility for one to say, I can't, I can't do that. I can't bear that alone. And it takes another one to come along his side and say, brother, that's what God's grace is for. Get back up. Let's get it right. And let's keep on going forward. Come on, get up. Get up. It'll be all right. It's not all right that you sinned. It's not all right that you've been overtaken. But you serve a God that can make it good. Can make all things work together for good to them who love him. Get back up. Come on. 
Let's go. There's still a race to be won. God still wants to use you. That is what it needs. Bear ye one another's burdens. Go ahead and think you're something when you're nothing. The day's going to come when the roles are going to be switched and we're going to need somebody to help us. And how would you want to be treated in that day? That lady who was taken in adultery, she was sinning. There's no getting around that. She was sinning. 100%. And all those people bring her to Jesus. This lady deserves to be stoned. She deserves to be put to death. Now, they were disobeying the law in their case, and I won't get into the reason why. But what does Jesus say to them? He who is without sin among you, you cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest, they all leave. How come, in, how come when we see a brother fall, we start reaching for stones instead of reaching for their hand to pick them back up? That's why the Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens, because when we bear somebody's, it, the next day, if it weren't for the grace of God, we might need to be the ones reaching up and saying, I need help. Not to bear one another's burdens is to be disobedient, but to bear them is to fulfill the law of Christ. Not to bear one another's burdens is prideful, but to bear them is humility. It takes humility. Number three, not to bear one another's burdens only makes things harder on ourselves. In verse five, for every man shall bear his own burden. Now, isn't that the truth? We said at the beginning, life brings burdens. Nobody has ever lived this life without bearing a burden. And what we've come to find out, what we come to find out in this life is there are some of these burdens that other people just can't help us bear. We cannot share every burden, can we? There are some, even if you talk to somebody, even if you explain the entire situation to them, they would have to come back to you and say, I have no clue what you're going through. I can pray for you, but that's it. Now, in a way, that is the greatest way to bear a burden. But to be able to talk to some, there are a lot of groups in this world that nobody wants to be a part of. Nobody wants to be a part of a group that it has great past sin in their life. No one wants to be a part of that group. No one wants to be a part of a group. There's a lot of groups that we don't want to be a part of, but when, you're, when you find yourself in that group, aren't you happy to find that you're not alone? But there are some times where you realize, I just, there are burdens that just cannot be shared. And if we're honest with ourselves, now those are the ones that God will bear with you. There is never a burden that can't be shared with the Lord. There are, only, there are some burdens that only Jesus can help carry with you, but there are some unshareable burdens, and let's be honest, sometimes those, just those unshareable burdens are heavy enough, aren't they? If we just had to carry the unshareable burdens, there are enough to break somebody's back. But there are shareable burdens. There are burdens that we can share. There are burdens that we can help each other bear. So why don't we? Because we have burdens that we have to bear. Every man must bear his own burden. There are burdens, though, that we can help each other bear. And that's why God commands us, bear ye one another's burdens. So if the question is, Pastor, how do we bear one another's burdens? Don't overthink it. Pray for each other. 
Do you pray for your church family? Think about each other. Put yourself in that person's shoes. In a way, that word, bear ye one another's burdens, put yourself under that weight just for a little bit. Write someone a letter. Text them an encouraging message. You're going to read tomorrow in your proverb of the day. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. You have no idea. Church, you have no idea. Somebody will walk through that double door on a Wednesday night with a smile on their face, but a broken heart. And just to come up to them and say, brother, I've been thinking about you. And I've been praying for you. Anything you need, you let me know. That might be exactly what that person needs. Talk with them about life and the Bible. Talk with them about God's mercy. Laugh with them. Cry with them. Get to know them more. Get them a gift. Share a meal together. Break bread with one another. Grab a coffee together. It's not difficult. The devil is going to do everything he can to make every single person in this church feel alone. Just remind them that they aren't. That's bearing one another's burdens. In a word, show them the love that Christ has shown to you. That is so shallow, it's deep. That is so simple, it's complicated. There's a lot of profundity in that. Knowing the love of Christ in our hearts, showing the love of Christ to others, growing in the love of Christ with each other makes life bearable. It makes a hard life just a little easier. It makes a dark world just a little lighter. Not because we're something, but because when we who are nothing obey he who is everything, he shows us you can bear anything as long as you have me. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Church, stay in unity. Stay close to one another. Pray with one another. Be there for one another. There are going to be burdens that you bear and that somebody else bears that just cannot be shared. But in every other area, be there for one another. We need it. You need it. This world needs to see it here in shall they know that ye are my disciples when ye have love one to another. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.